0: What's going on, everyone? Zane here. Got another episode of Everything Vive for you. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we have another great interview. This one is with Nick Fight from Against Grav, and they are the team that brought you Rec Room. And if you haven't played this game yet, get it right now. I mean, pause the podcast, go grab it. It's free, and it's probably one of the best things that you'll play on the Vive. And if you're an Oculus user, you'll be able to play it on the Oculus Touch uh, next week. So without further ado, uh, let's jump into it. Nick, how's it going, man? Oh, not too bad. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course, man. We are so excited for this. Uh, We've been really looking forward to it. Uh, Ronnie and I are both here. Ronnie, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing fantastic. So, Nick, Rec Room. Probably one of the coolest games <laughs> I've played so far. I have no words for it, but I should be asking questions. So let me start with this one. What was the inspiration, man? Tell me more about the game, how it came about. Uh, I have plenty more questions, but I figure I want to put the ball in your court and <laughs> just hear hear how this whole thing came about, man. Sure,
1: sure. Um, so I think we were really looking at at VR, and we we saw it as you know an entirely new computing platform and and potentially you know, the next internet-sized opportunity. And, and we felt like the thing that made it really special was this feeling of social presence that you could have. Um, in VR, you, you, you could feel like you were in the same room with someone else who was in another country or on another continent. And and we were really interested in exploring that concept. Um, we, we felt like, you know, if you look back, the internet has done some tremendous things and how it lets us communicate with people from around the world. But, but being in a room with eight other people from around the globe is still a really novel experience. It's, it's something you'd only really have the opportunity to do if you know, you're on the International Space Station or at the Olympics you know, in real life. And, and we wanted to, to try and create that really novel experience, but, but using the power of, of VR. And we were hoping to do it in a way that was both fun and approachable. And I think that's the way that we, we you know, slowly iterated towards Rec Room. Um, we wanted to create something that was like an active social game uh, in VR that allowed you to compete with, with folks from all around the world.
0: Well, you know what, you guys accomplished that and more. Um, I have to <laughs> say, and I, I'll stop, I'll stop brown nosing, but <laughs> I, I have to say like, cause this is probably the first multiplayer experience on VR and the vibe that I came across where, it's it's so casual, and Ronnie and I were actually talking about that beforehand, where, you know, I, I think at the time, um, Hover Junkers was a big multiplayer game when I first got my Vive a couple months back, and all these other multiplayer games that, that have come out since, a lot of them are, you know, you're in the game or you're not. There's no, like, lobby area as opposed to where Rec Room, where people just kind of hang out and you don't have to do anything. There's no game to play. And you can literally just talk and have a conversation with people as if you're there. And I feel like that has actually really built up the community quite well. We've connected with quite a few people um, ourselves. And so, you know, kudos, kudos to you on that.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been a really interesting experience just to see how people, people use Rec Room. I mean, every day we see people using it for, for ways we had never really, really thought about. Um, and so it's just really exciting to, to see people use it for um, you know just sort of generic communications. Use it to to meet new people. Some people are going in there and using it to learn new languages. Um, it's just really exciting to to see people using it for for you know so many so many different purposes.
2: Yeah. Hi, Nick. Uh, along those same lines, I was just kind of curious um, when you know trying to facilitate people and their uh, their interactions and communications with other players in. In, in the shared spaces like the locker room. Um, what is your thought process as a developer in trying to, you know, provide players with tools that can maybe help them with some of those interactions? Like, I mean, for example, we're in there earlier, you know, playing around with boom boxes and video cameras and all sorts of, you know, funny props. Uh, you know, what's some of the thought process that goes behind, uh, you know, that went behind creating some of those tools? And And if you could talk about, you know, you know, some, some interesting and unexpected ways that people have interacted with those tools.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think for us, we sort of looked at them as a, as a social lubricant, um, you know, in many ways, <laughs> I love that like, term. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I, mean, Sorry, it, go ahead. I think in many ways, you know, for a social experience on the, 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 broader web, generally people are having this experience with, with people that they know in the real world, you know, it's, it's from your Facebook friends list, uh, for VI are, you know, that's tough to do right now because, you know, generally most people don't have 25 friends with a a vibe. It's mostly, um, strangers interacting with other strangers. So we felt like we needed to add some tools to help people, um, sort of break the ice. And that was kind of how we, we looked at a lot of those tools was how, how could people kind of, um, uh, get over, you know, the, the social anxiety of going up and talking to, to a totally new, new person. Uh, And we felt like the tools added a, an element of like, um, whimsy and fun and, and approachability that would help people uh, kind of have these these unexpected uh, interactions together. And I and I think we've definitely we've definitely seen um, some some very interesting behavior in that. In <laughs> that. Um, I, I think some of the, the most fun ones I've seen were um, the the basketball and the basketball hoop. We we walked in the other day and and people were playing horse um, with it, which was was pretty amusing. Um, we've seen people do all sorts of crazy, weird things with the darts. Uh, the darts have some <laughs> very strange behaviors um, that the users love to uh, to manipulate and uh, exploit. Um, and yeah, I think we, uh, I think a lot of people just feel very comfortable being goofy and dancing around and uh, just having a, a, an overall good time. It, it just doesn't seem like people are you know, extremely self-conscious in this, in this mode. And I think it allows for some really special social interactions to happen.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, I've experienced it myself and I've also experienced it in watching, you know, other videos on YouTube and, and various like, you know, video game websites where people, you know, kind of take on their own personality within the game and, <laughs> and kind of, you know, make things pretty interesting for everybody else. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I think just the fact that, like I was saying earlier, there's no agenda, and people can really just hang out, like virtually hang out. Um, I think allows that that level of comfort to be able to just come out and just kind of, you know, be yourself, explore, and that's that's I think awesome for for VR
2: right now. Yeah, kind of along those same lines too. I was I I wanted to see if you had any thoughts on, you know, what your role or what. You know in, in creating those tools and letting people kind of behave the way they want to behave is there is there anything that you know that you guys have to worry about as developers to make sure that that people are kind of you know respecting each other and engaging in behavior that's you know that's acceptable or like ha- have there been any kind of issues like that that you're able to speak about or um, I can say that we we
1: take the issue of of harassment in in VR, you know, very very seriously. It's definitely been an area that we focus on, um, both in how we um, try and incentivize behavior, the way we build our code of conduct, and then we're constantly shipping new features to try and help people uh, manage their experience in in Rec Room. Um, we have tools like personal bubbles. Um, we have a, a Mode that allows you to uh, basically ghost out nearby users if you're feeling um, harassed. Yeah, uh,
0: I saw ability, that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, the ability to vote to kick, um, you know, disruptive users from from a particular room. Um, you know, online harassment. I mean, if you look at the broader internet, it's 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 everywhere, and, and the internet has been with us for for many many years, and it's an, it's an issue that we're we're constantly. I'm trying to corral on the broader internet and, you know, VR is very new and I think the potential for VR harassment is high. Mm -hmm. And so it's an issue that we take really seriously. And it's an issue that we try and ship um, features and mechanisms to try and control that as much as we can, uh, because we want the experience to remain positive, happy, friendly, fun. And, and I think, I think we're, we're still learning along, um, along with everybody else just, sort of what those tools look like and, and how do you uh, enforce kind of like a, a, a really great code of conduct where, where, you know, everyone's being excellent to everyone else. Like that's that's really our goal is, is um, just, you know, everybody to go in there and have a good time.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, we've been following the updates like with the ghost mode. I thought that, that was great. And it seems like the community has been very responsive and, and helpful in terms of, of, you know, just letting you guys know how that stuff is playing out. So that's really great to see.
1: Yeah, I think our our community is great. They're they're very um, they're very vocal, and they provide us with a tremendous amount of suggestions. and And we really welcome and value that. Like that's a, that's really a huge area where, where we're drawing inspiration from is suggestions that we get from from the community either through Reddit or the Steam discussion forums or just emails uh, you know directly to us.
0: No, for sure. Well, not to put any pressure on you guys, but I I feel like you're the first ones (laughs) to really go through this, uh, just because you know VR is, I guess, newer in a sense where people are are experiencing at this level or like in their homes, Uh, and so you know issues like whatever type of harassment, yeah, they've been around for a while, but in in the vein of them being as immersive as VR is, um, you know, there's there's a lot of precedents being set. There's a lot of Things, you know, situations that come up that have never come up before. So, you know, kudos to tackling them the way that you guys have done it so far. And hopefully, you know, that the community stays positive like it has been. Yep. Yeah. So, okay, well, let's let's get away from the, the serious stuff for, <laughs> for a little bit. Um, I, I wanted to ask more about you. I know there's a team behind it, but, uh, you know, what was your role in developing? And, you know, what, yeah, I guess, I don't know if you want to give us your unique perspective in, uh, in being part of the Rec Room team.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, first we have we have a very talented team of you know developers, designers, artists. Um, um, I, I'm I'm actually not one of any of those things. I've i probably played more role on the, the organizing side than anything else. Um, and you know, I think before this, a lot of us had experience shipping uh, console and, and PC games. We've all been in the, the game space for a while, and and a few of us had previously worked on. Um, a project at Microsoft called Hololens. So that, that was kind of where we were making some some apps previously. Um, so I think we had we had, had a bit of experience building games and apps for um, these these head mounted displays. Obviously, Hololens is very different than the Vive, uh, but some some of the same principles um, we were able to to you know um, learn from and uh and and you know, draw from that that previous experience
2: yeah i guess I guess just touching on that for for a moment um if you could kind of explain a little bit some of the the differences in your experience between uh developing AR titles versus VR titles and kind of what some of the you know potentials for each platforms are where where they differ, where they're kind of similar, maybe where they potentially merge at some point, I don't know, yeah,
1: I mean, I'm definitely of the mind that I think they're Eventually, going to to merge. Um, you know, I think you know someday we'll all be wearing our our, our Warby Parker glasses that are capable <laughs> of, you know, a no compromise AR VR experience. Um, uh, so, from a development standpoint, um, I, I think what you're seeing right now is VR is trending really heavily towards games and entertainment, and augmented reality is tending to trend a little bit more towards. Uh, general purpose or like enterprise computing. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's, that's the trend that I see right now. Um, and I think augmented reality has, you know, some really tremendous potential in that, in that space, um, as for developing content for it. Um, you know, I, I, I think there, I would say you know, one of the biggest differences is in augmented reality, you cannot control the environment that you're in. Um, and in virtual reality, you have absolute control over the environment. And um, you know, in some ways, as a developer, you know, having absolute control over the the environment, like you know, the actual room that you're you're standing in, um, it gives you a lot of control over the the experience. But you might lose some some serendipity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with some of the games that I've seen in the augmented reality space, you know, they really embrace um, you know, hey, this works in any room, and you know, you can move your furniture around, and the gameplay slightly different. Um, you know, that that has a much higher hurdle for developers to to create content that's compelling in all of these different environments but it can create some really magical moments.
2: Yeah, it almost um, sounds but, it almost yeah. sounds like like uh, augmented reality development right now seems more procedural in what developers are able to create versus virtual reality where you because of the increased control over the environment, you're able to really kind of go wild and kind of you know point the player in more directions that you kind of want things to steer. I, I don't know if does does that sound accurate or? I I think in many ways
1: it is. I think you know in as an augmented reality developer, you need to be resilient against a lot of different cases, a lot of different room sizes, and a lot of different furniture configurations. Um, and in VR, you you don't. Um, and I I think. I think in many VR apps, um, you also probably have a, a more a strong feeling of of being cut off from from the actual world. Um, and so I think they have the potential to be less social. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we've taken a particular angle on that to try and connect you with other people. But um, in augmented reality, I think there's some really compelling social uh, play opportunities as well. And, and I'm really interested to see what people do over the next couple of years in that space. I think we're seeing the very early... Um, elements of that with Pokemon Go, you know, what, whether people think that's augmented reality or not, it is creating some really interesting <laughs> social interactions out out in the world, and I think I find those very very fascinating.
2: Yeah, no, and it's interesting that kind of. I mean, when when you were talking, you kind of made me think of of kind of you know the difference in uh, you know some virtual a lot of virtual reality games that are uh, that are multiplayer focused right now are are like Rec Room and others where you're connecting players over the internet. Um, there are a few games that kind of try to, you know, bring kind of the 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 local multiplayer aspe- aspect to virtual reality, and I feel like augmented reality, you know, kind of you know brings the potential to, or it's it it provides more pr- potential for bringing people you know together that are in close proximity, um, but. But yeah, nonetheless, it's, it's interesting to kind of see, you know, what some of those differences are and, and how both of, you know, how augmented reality and, and virtual reality are both are both progressing. So,
1: yeah, I mean, both, I think, have tremendous, tremendous market opportunity. And it's really exciting for us to just have the opportunity to play with all of these new toys um, and create all of these new new experiences. I mean, it's it's a, it's definitely a really magical time to be to be in this space.
2: Yeah, so while we're talking a little bit about some of the technical uh, stuff, I thought maybe to circle back a little bit to Rec Room itself. Um, one of the things that I think Rec Room does a great job of, of balancing is kind of, you know, that trying to find that magical formula of, of, where the re- the physics are realistic enough to feel like you're really you know grabbing onto objects and throwing them and playing around, but at the same time you know not being frustrating and 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 providing a sense of fun and engaging you know in, in, you know engagement for players. So I, I didn't know if if you could maybe talk a little bit about about how your team tries to work on 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 maybe tweaking some of those types of those types of things and also just in general um, you know, what it's like to kind of, uh, work on a game that has so many players involved with it on a daily basis and so much feedback.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, so on the, yeah, on the physics side, uh, I mean, you know, n- I feel like we're, you know, we're really playing in a, in a new medium and, uh, there's a lot of really interesting, um, opportunities and problems that arise when you look at, you know, networked multiplayer physics um where where you're trying to have these very low latency interactions but you're also trying to maintain this this uh very approachable very fun very easy to use sort of skill set um for for us the principle that we kind of adhered to was if there was an opportunity to make an interaction social we we wanted to or if there was an opportunity to make an interaction physical we wanted to do that Um, and so that, that, that's kind of the, the theory behind the, the fist bumps to party <laughs> up. Um, you know, we, we originally had it as a menu item, and we were like, you know, I'm standing right next to the person. Couldn't we just do something a little bit more interesting? <laughs> um, and, and that's kind of what we've done for, um, we've added the ability to friend users in the game um, so you can find them and invite them to rooms. And, and we, we made that a, a handshake. Um, so you know, just trying to make those things physical. Um, if, if a user sees an object, we wanted them to be able to pick it up. We wanted that object to interact the way they thought it would. Um, so that, that's kind of the the principled approach that we've 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 taken. Um, it is definitely um, we're, we're definitely getting lots of feedback on that every day, and there's there's more work to do. But um, for for our for us, what we wanted was you know very, very limited tutorials, very limited um, you know. FAQs more. Hey, I see an object. I know how to interact with it because I've I've had years and years of training in the real world of you know this is how a dart works or this is how a basketball works, um, and we just wanted to tap into that part of people's brains that are that just sort of like naturally process how objects work.
2: No, that that makes a lot of sense. And actually, I mean, along the same, we've appreciated a lot of the updates that you guys have added to the game. Um, you know, kind of tweaking the UIs and kind of. I mean, there's so many. There's so many touches like that in, in rec rec room that are so, so well done. Like the, you know, just one thing that comes to mind is, you know, get moving from activity to activity by looking at your watch and being able to, you know, pretty easily go from, 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 you know, sport to sport that way. I I thought that was a really intuitive way, like you said, to, you know, for most players, especially that are comfortable with the vibe, these are all all systems that they're very comfortable with. And I didn't have to. I mean, as soon as I was, you know, trying to interact with those menus, I didn't really have to, you know, stop to think about what I was doing. It was just all intuitive. So, um, so that so that stuff is really impressive. Um, well, great to hear. Yeah, I was I was gonna. Oh man, I just I I had a thought. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Zane, if you have if you have something, let me try sure. to sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, so I I mean, paintball by far, I just got to say, is probably the coolest uh, shooting game out there right now. I, I mean, we we were actually talking about this with uh, with people in the game earlier, and you know, I played Onward, I played other games, and not to knock any of the other games, like they're all great in their own respect. But I, I think it just comes down also to the vibe of what Rec Room is, where paintball, the mechanics, the gameplay, everything, like it's probably one of the best experiences out there. And it's one of the, f- the first things that I show people uh, when, I guess when they're ready for teleportation, <laughs> um, <laughs> as soon as you introduce someone to VR, but you know, like I said, it's just, it I feel like it's really created that, that community around it where you have so many people who are, who are kind of playing that. Um, but getting to my question, I guess this is more specifically regarding the different games that you have around. Um, what I guess for the team right now, cause you have a, you know, a great, piece of software that's out there a great uh, application that people are using how you know what is the decision making process like when saying like hey should we add another game versus uh refining you know the the things that we have in there already the activities that we have in there already and you know where i guess not necessarily numbers wise but what is the allocation of resources like how you know how do you guys kind of think about that stuff and and plan overall for you know current where, where the current situation is
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great question. And I, you know, I wish I I could tell you, hey, we have this like really refined system where where, uh, where we make those decisions. I think so much of it is really driven by what we hear from from the community. Um, So for us, you know, there's some amount of time that we spend um, making our current activities work better, work more smoothly, add, you know, more depth and more skill uh, to them. And then there, there is you know a good amount of time that we spend exploring new activities as well. Um, so, so I wouldn't say it's like you know one or the other. We we kind of split split our time across those two. Uh, but a huge portion of it is just um, really driven by you know our users and what do we think they're going to find compelling and what do you, what do we think they're going to want to spend time uh, doing. And uh, you know I think the thing that we've seen with with paintball and in particular is if you can find an activity that's um you know very easy to get into um like we we see people pick it up pretty quickly um but it has a really nice skill curve like there are people who play paintball that like when i go in and play paintball i I get beat up pretty pretty badly there's some really (laughs) good players in there and i think something that can have a skill curve like that um seems to be you know that's really the sweet spot we're trying to find um simple to pick up but just you know really difficult to master um but y- you know you get that that reward from feeling like you know your your skill is increasing in the game so we're we're trying to find more and more activities like that and then in spaces where we have like um paintball we're we're trying to add more depth like we've added you know um you know additional maps we've added grenades we've added shotguns mm-hmm. um so I think we're going to keep going down that route and just keep trying to add depth and variation um on that moving forward but we're also exploring other new activities that we think could have a similar like quick pick up and play but but you know deeper
2: skill curve. Yeah, it's funny you mention that because yeah, I could see how different users have different, you know, first first thoughts and first priorities on what should be added and what cuz we were talking to to some people that seemed to to play paintball quite a bit and all of their all of their you know comments are like they love the game it's their favorite thing it's they they are literally playing paintball every day and their main concern was trying to you know find ways of kind of you know tracking their own stats because they're because they're so good at the game, honestly. Yeah, there's some
1: really good players in there.
2: Yeah, so so that those so those were some of the feedback was you know oh well you know it'd be really cool if we could you know track our stats a little bit more or, or this and that. So so it's interesting that you know that's something that a new player would never even think about when they're when they're playing the game for the first time. So, kind of balancing but a new player that player can
0: go in and not have to think about that and be able to pick up the game quickly, which is what what makes it a
2: lot of fun. Yeah. And actually, I mean on that note, um, you know, my understanding is that you guys are gearing up for kind of a big a big change uh, for Rec Room and that is, you know, the you know, making the game multi-platform. Um, yes. I don't know if if you wanted I mean that in general the trend in bringing a lot of these vive games over to the oculus and and even playstation vr has gotten me super excited because you know it's one thing we have a lot of great people in the vive community but to be able to you know kind of you know create bridges and bring everybody into you know the games that are on all of these different platforms i think uh, is super super exciting so i don't know if you want to talk talk about that a little bit
1: yeah yeah i'm 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 extremely excited for that that as well. So yeah, so next Tuesday, we will be launching um, with the Oculus Touch. So any, anybody that has Oculus Touch will be able to play and they'll be playing in the same community as all of the the Vive players as well. And we've done, you know, a lot of tuning to make sure that uh, all the games are balanced and, um, you know, all the games work really well on, on both platforms. Um, I think the thing that we're really excited about is, you know, VR is still a... It's still a small market. It's still an enthusiast market. And I think anything you can do to stitch these communities together and, um, you know, help, help everybody get a better experience, um, we're, we're really excited about that. We, you know, at the end of the day, Rec Room is a better app the more people that are in it. Um, and so we think being able to stitch together those two communities, um, we think that's a really exciting opportunity.
2: Yeah, no, I've, I mean, I've heard great things about, you know, kind of the reverse situation when Eve Valkyrie moved over from being an Oculus exclusive to branching onto, you know, the Vive and and PlayStation VR. So, so, you know, I think this is a super exciting development and it'll be great to see a lot of new people getting to experience Rec Room for the first time. So we're really excited about it. Yeah. And, and I don't know if, uh, I don't know if you can speak to some of the technical, um, you know, concerns when, when making a plat uh, a game uh, you know be compatible cross-platform was it you know particularly challenging to bring the game over to to the rift or kind of what were some of the big uh, you know issues of concern when kind of when doing that work
1: yeah I, I think when you're looking to enable cross-play there's sort of three big buckets of challenge that you can sometimes run into it's, um, they're technical, there's balance, and then they're sort of bureaucratic. Um, so from the technical standpoint, uh, a lot of games will rely on APIs that are provided by, by the platform itself. You know, Steam has a series of APIs that you can sort of rely on for, um, uh, things like matchmaking, just who's online, rich presence, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to go cross play, you, you know, you, you can't you can't have the Oculus calling those APIs, so you need to figure out some solution there, and it often involves you writing your own solutions. Um, So I think that's sort of the technical challenge, is you you end up picking up... um, You have to write some platform elements to make it possible.
2: Mm.
1: From a balanced perspective, and this is kind of the thing that you occasionally see with first-person shooters um, from the PC to the console, um, you, you know, making sure that the game is balanced. I think generally when games... Allow PC players to play with console players. The the console players get get uh, destroyed, mm-hmm. um, and it's just because you know the keyboard mouse input paradigm. Um, it's it's tough to beat that. Um, so for us, you know, it was just going through and trying to figure out like, hey, how do we make these things balance? They control slightly differently, um, but we think we ended up in a really good place. Um, and then occasionally there are just bureaucratic challenges. Fortunately, with Vive and Oculus, there were not any for us. But for for some other platforms. Um, they They sort of have these terms of service where they they don't want you to enable cross platform um, and uh we haven't run into that so far, but it it has been a problem in the console space from time to time mm-hmm. um and uh you know we hope that the v r market doesn't trend in that direction because we we think you know in these early days getting getting everybody connected is is really the the way that we all win is you know growing the pie together
0: no for sure i mean it's it's good to see uh Vive and Oculus playing nice, especially especially for Rec Room, just because, um, you know, this is a game that really does build that community. And if you can build those bridges, like Ronnie was saying, across the platforms and just make virtual reality something to be excited about, uh, you know, it's one of those, what is it, when, you know, Rising Tide raises all ships, the more people that get into VR, the better it is going to be for everyone involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess since we're on the topic of, you know, upcoming upcoming changes and, and updates, I'm just curious, what's the long term outlook for for Rec Room or where where would you guys like to get this? I don't like to say, you know, five year plan, but, you know, what <laughs> as you I'm sure that I'm sure your objectives have changed as you've gone along. But, you know, looking here now, I guess, where's the long term or what is the long term outlook for Rec Room? What would you like it to be uh, in the most idealistic uh, state, I guess?
1: In the most idealistic state, I mean, I think so much of what we're doing is very iterative and really following the the breadcrumbs that are being laid by our community. I think in many ways we we look at what we're doing as um, as you know how how can we be a heat-seeking missile for the desires of, of the people that play the game? Like how can we provide them more of what they want? Uh, so you know, my my hope for the future is really that we are we're the default way that people go and interact with. Um, their friends in VR were the default way that people go and meet new people in VR. And, um, I think, I think we, we have a really interesting opportunity to try and try and do that and stitch all of these, you know, disparate communities together. Um, so that's kind of the route that that I'm going, but I would say we're very open-minded to the, you know, the road that we take to that area where, where we really listen to our community and what they want. Um, and how to, and how to, you know, achieve that goal.
0: That's a great answer. I'm sure many people will be happy to hear that. (laughs) Um, I have one question actually from, from Zhang Yi, since we were, uh, we were playing, playing paintball with him earlier today. Um, (laughs) uh, It sounds like, sounds like you know who he is, (laughs) but uh, he was actually asking, and it it got us thinking, his question in, I guess, a very serious way is why is the game free? And, I mean, when, when we were talking, my first thought obviously is, you know, you want to create the, uh, the least amount of barriers to entry. But I, I thought, I figured I might as well ask you since we got you on the phone here. Why is the game free? I, you
1: know, for a social game um, in such a small community, um, I, I think we were really, we were really interested in, in just like, you know, how do you, how do you bootstrap something like this? Um, it's really hard to get a, a critical mass when, when there's such a small number of headsets out there and so we just didn't want to put any barriers um, in front of uh, users getting together and connecting with with our with our app um, you know in the future we may add some in-app purchases or some op- opportunity for transactions but our, our goal will always be to keep the game free and frictionless to just get in and connect with people um, I think that's really where our where what our mission is is, to use VR to connect, um, you know, friends and strangers alike. And I think if there's a paywall to, to get into there, you know, we're, we're not going to accomplish that, that mission. So, um, so that it it was actually a very easy choice for us to make.
0: Cool. Cool. Well, for anyone listening, you, you literally have no excuse, go get the game right now. If you don't have (laughs) it, especially for anyone who's going to be coming through with uh, the Oculus touch next week. Um, well so I want to be respectful of your time uh, we just have a couple more questions uh, this next one is one that, uh, so yeah this next one is one that we we ask to, to all developers and I feel like it, it usually gets a, a pretty unique response so um, it's a hypothetical the uh, you know if you you know as a developer you have a very unique perspective on where VR, VR is and the platforms and things like that. So, you know, if you were the CEO of HTC or Oculus, where would you want to focus your company's, you know, time, energy, resources, like where, where do you think the next big innovation is going to be? Or, you know, even just for you personally, like where, where would you want uh, VR to be focused on, you know, in the near future? Um, sure. Very interesting question. Uh, I I would say, I
1: think they're, I think they're focusing on the right areas right now. It's, it's, you know, in the most, you know, immediate terms, it's just getting the cost down, making the headset more approachable for the the average consumer. Uh, the Vive and the Oculus, they're still an early adopter enthusiast de- device. Um, they're expensive, and the average consumer, you know, may not be able to set them up or use their their existing computer for for these things. Um, so you know when I look at the VR market, I see, hey, we've got these mobile headsets that are are pretty approachable and relatively inexpensive, but they're very limited in in terms of functionality. And on the high end, we've got these amazing headsets like the vibe and the oculus. Um, but but they're just not quite ready for the average consumer in terms of both price and just you know setup. Um, and so what I think you're gonna see is this kind of race to the middle where the mobile headsets continue to, uh, develop more and more uh, capabilities and functionalities they are they're capable of just doing more. And then on the high end, I think you're going to see these uh, high end headsets like the Vive, you know, develop inside out tracking, uh, go on tether, just come down in price. And I think what we're going to eventually end up with is, um, you know, something that looks like a mobile headset uh, that has kind of the capabilities of, of the Vive or the Oculus, you know, like six degrees of freedom on the headset tracking Six de- degrees of freedom in terms of input, and I think that's a really interesting device. Um, and I think if it, it can be provided through mobile carriers, I think it, it becomes um, you know accessible to a whole new group of individuals, and it, and it really just grows that entire that entire audience. And, and I see HTC and, and Oculus focusing their their time and energy on that, so we're excited about that.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, you bring up a good point. It's it's really interesting to see all of the different uh, platforms that are coming out. Whether it's you know the the mobile uh, platforms coming out on Google Pixel and, and Samsung Gear VR, all the way up to the high end systems like Oculus and HTC. So, uh, I, I'm really excited to see how that will all converge into something that makes it as easy as possible for people to get involved with VR. You know, in the next two to two to three, three to five years, whatever the you know whatever the time frame for that might be. Um, well, so we got one more for you and, uh, I guess this is more of just a, a, shameless promotion, um, a time for you to, to plug anything that you want. Uh, I know <laughs> it's, it's more so, it's, it's more so for, uh, you know, how can people connect with you? Uh, I know you guys are really active on Reddit. You're really active on the steam discussion boards, but if there's another way, uh, you know, people who have feedback or want to, want to send you guys gift baskets for the awesome job you've done, you know, what's, <laughs> what's the best way for them to get in touch with you and just for any shameless plug you, you want to go, this is, this is your moment to shine right here.
1: Uh <laughs> great to hear. Um yeah, I mean hey, I, we're I think for us, I, I just want everybody who plays the game to know like we are listening. So when when um people tweet at me or send me emails, um or you know, just send emails through our website, uh, info at againstgrav.com. Like I, I respond to to almost all of those mails. Um, I, I can tell you for sure that everyone um, on our team reads them and we we do have active discussions when when we get suggestions from the community on reddit or on the steam forums um we, we really are engaged with users and and that's the number one thing that people can do to to help us right now is if if you have suggestions for the game if you have ideas for for you know creative features like feel free to reach out um I, I, you'd be surprised how often we'll, we'll we'll get them into the game um and, you know, if, if people want to get more involved than that, uh, we are hiring. So, um, you know, we are looking for gameplay and server developers. So if you have a background in, uh, you know, with using Unity, C Sharp or background writing, um, you know, server code for, for uh, you know, large social games, uh, feel free to reach out to us um, or we're looking for talent.
0: Do you guys need podcast hosts by any chance? <laughs> 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 no, that, that's really cool. It's great to see that the team growing and, you know, growing. Um, man I wish the best for rec room coming up well thank you thank you very much awesome. well nick thank you again so much we really do appreciate the time and uh you know we're really excited to see where this goes
2: yeah it's been a pleasure so well
0: thank you so much for having
2: me on i appreciate it so
0: yeah for all of you listening thanks for tuning in and we will catch you all next time